The following podcast is proudly sponsored by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington, Ontario. If you're looking for million-dollar views on a pristine public golf course nestled within the Niagara Escarpment, you've got to visit Crosswinds. You just have to. I've been going there for years now, and it's because the people at Crosswinds really want you to enjoy yourself. They really do. You know, there's some clubs out there, they just want your money. In fact, in a lot of cases, you don't even see a human being, you know? Oh yeah, you, you've you've booked online. You go right to your cart; it's waiting for you. You never see a human being at Crosswinds. You see like ten humans before you ever tee off. Twelve fifteen. You know the marshals, the pro shop, uh, just just the folks at Crosswinds, just making sure that you're going to have a great time. And let me tell you something: from the moment you drive through the gates, you know the place is special. You're greeted and treated like a member instead of just a number. Crosswinds is a championship seventy-two par seventy-two course. It's in immaculate condition always. And it's great for golfers of all abilities. And they also offer tremendous banquet facilities when you're ready to host your big events. So go to crosswindsgolf.com, book your tee time online and see what else they have to offer. And make sure you tell them that Hebsey sent you. Now, Mike, let's start the podcast. Live from Toronto. It's Hebsey on Sports episode 240. Hi there, sports fans. How you doing today? I'm your host, Mark Hebsher, here in the center of the universe, Toronto, and specifically Little Italy. It's going to be crazy here this weekend. Crazy. Over there in New Toronto, it's Toronto Mike holding down the fort at the mothership. There he is wearing his Crosswinds hat and his, oh, Great Lakes Brewery, one of your sponsors, the t-shirt there. That's a good one. Good, good to get that in there. Now, do you tell the folks at Great Lakes that Hebsey on? You don't, eh? You just that just happened to be the T-shirt in your collection that you were gonna. That's the clean one. Uh, I don't even know if it's clean. I think I wore it last night, and it was beside the bed, and I threw it on. Yeah, <laughs> I saw a Great Lakes Brewery sticker on a bike the other day, and I was gonna take a picture and send it to you. Oh, you should have done that. I know I should have. <laughs> you know, if I can get six beers from you, I, I can. I'll take pictures well, of all the stickers. We'll have a little. I know you're in the middle of the intro, but Dale Cadeau is wondering why we're not in the backyard already. And then I would give you uh, six. The weather. Six, yeah, that's a good. Act. The weather, Dale. That is true. It is not. It's spitting. Dale, it's the weather. I had a vacation this week. It uh, we got caught, caught short. Rained out. Two golf games rained out. Anyway, uh, that's another story for later on. Huge show today. Did I mention? Like massive. Montreal Canadiens will not be holding a parade today. What? <laughs> even though it was suggested by some idiots that they should, even though they got whacked in five games by Champa Bay. Champa. And despite having Nikita Kucherov piss all over Habs fans for their overzealousness. Still, no parade in Montreal. Can you imagine that someone even suggested that? Oh, my God. Henri Richard would be rolling over in his grave. <laughs> all of them. That guy. A parade for finishing second, for losing the cup final? What are you, out of your mind? Uh, we'll get into that story completely and fully. The Blue Jays rained out in Baltimore and now have to deal with Champa Bay's other championship team. Uh, no, not, well, not quite. <laughs> not not quite. Tom Brady. No, no, not Tom Brady. He's not playing yet. <laughs> not the Bucks. I'm talking about the Rays. And by the way, last uh, last show, I had suggested that the Jays were in trouble because they were going to Tampa to play the Rays. They played them in Buffalo last week. Right? I got my weekends mixed up. This week, yes. they're at the Trop, Champa Bay. <laughs> More trades coming for the Blue Jays? I mean, we've got a couple of relievers. Will we get uh, slugger Nelson Cruz? Will he be a Blue Jay? Who knows? 
Phoenix Suns up to love on Milwaukee in the NBA Finals. And some uh, very interesting behind-the-scenes stories going on in the National Basketball Association when it comes to the broadcasts. Denny Shapovalov gets the joker in the semis at Wimbledon later today. No spectators allowed at the Olympics in Tokyo. What? Canada basketball fails to win in Olympic qualifying. Golf news and the question of the day. Is hot dog eating a sport? And should we be watching highlights of it on TSN and Sportsnet? I mean, they show the spelling bee, don't they? What if they had the spelling bee and you had to eat hot dogs too? What about if you combine the hot dog eating contest and the spelling bee? Now that I would watch. <laughs> and a huge soccer weekend as Italy and England lock horns in Euro 2020 at Wembley Stadium Sunday. But before that, Brazil and Argentina in Copa America. Wow. In Rio de Janeiro. Wow. Soccer, no matter where you go, soccer fans are out there. I mean, I didn't realize that the, these two championships uh, were being contended at the same time and available on television. It's a, it's a great time for soccer fans. I love some of the commentators, too. These are people I've never heard of before, and I, I've never—I don't even know what they look like. You only hear their voices. <clears throat> you know the British um, soccer announcer. You never see the dude's face. <laughs> right. Peter Drury, I think. I don't know what he looks like. Could walk in right now. <laughs> Say hi, I'm Peter Drury. Why would I not believe him? And some of the ones for the the the, the Spanish language games, tremendous. That's pretty good. fabulous. Don't know what they look like. Love the way they sound. That's why I loved radio. Always loved radio. I never wanted to see a picture of the guy. Right. Because it would always disappoint. You know, you could think of him as a, you know, that's deep voiced guy, probably big, tall guy, beautiful hair. And instead he's a little short, fat, bald guy. <laughs> you know, a good example a of that. Of pipes. I think a good example of that would be like people who meet John Donaby for the first time. <laughs> Only yeah. because when you heard John Donaby, let's say in the seventies, uh, I'm right. sure you envisioned some like Don Draper looking guy. I don't know, like <laughs> I guess so. But generally speaking, when you see the person and you only knew the voice, you're right. disappointed because they right. they can't possibly measure up to what you expect them to look like. Anyway, right, right. I'm getting off topic here a little bit, but not that much. <laughs> so, um, we've got two female anchors at ESPN: one black, one white. Guess which one of the two said something disparaging about the other one, thinking that the camera that was in their hotel room uh, wasn't turned on and no one was recording this conversation she was having with LeBron James's advisor. <laughs> okay. Guess which one said something disparaging about the other one. We'll talk about that as well. That's called a tease. Love it. Uh, by the way, before we get started, thanks to our sponsors, crosswindsgolf.com and manscaped.com. Uh, crosswinds, I'm supposed to play, I'm supposed to play there. I can't get on. I'm not, like, I'm, hey, oh, it's Hebsy here. I do the commercials. Sorry, booked. Wow. What do you mean booked? Can't you kick somebody out? <laughs> no, Mr. Hebsher, we can't do that. Well, there must be like a threesome that would love to have Hebsy join them or something. Easy now. Easy. Hey. <laughs> uh, no, that's the other thing is very, I mean, they, they book up fast. 
Or, you know, right. um, if, if you only book for two, for example, and there's two remaining, somebody's on the computer, they, they get a little alert. Boop, boop, but they could sell already, you like as two a, people at crosswords. Beep, beep. They could sell you like if you want to have Hebsey join you, it only costs you an extra 250 or whatever. Like, I feel like <laughs> that would be something worthy. I think people would pay to have Hebsey in their foursome or threesome. I think so. Yeah. I've, played, I've been playing pretty well. They can ask you questions. You know, they can say yes guy to you a few hundred times. It would be uh, fun for people. And you get to go. Yeah, I'm not. Not into the yes guy thing at all. You know that. Well, it's I know not mine. that's why I. That's I, tatties. I'm, I'm well aware it's tatties, but they'll say that to you, right? That'll be it's the true. thing they'll say to you. Yes, guy. That's true. I occasionally say it myself, but the funniest thing is my son and all of his friends. That's what they say. I don't believe they even know the origin of it. They <laughs> right. just, you know, right? It's like, it's hey, like now. hey now. People think People hey now is uh, they think from... oh I'm doing Howard Stern. It's like no, you're doing yeah. Hank Kingsley. Hank Kingsley, you're doing Hank Kingsley. Come on from the Larry Sanders show. <laughs> right. Okay, let's get going here. Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, Crosswinds and uh, Manscaped. Uh, you got Manscaped there. Yeah, they're, and they're by the not... way, the the, the yeah, promo... don't get no 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 don't, don't get into it too much right now. Oh, okay. next week on okay. the next show. Yes. Okay, we I'll crazy. wear my Manscaped T-shirt on the next show. Easy now. That you've given them four mentions already. They're only good for two today. Well, I like to support uh, the sponsors. I'm happy. I know you do. Yeah. You know, uh, for phenomenal grooming below the waist, get 20% off your order by using the promo code HEBSY at checkout. Go to manscaped.com. Your balls not, will thank you. Not just below the waist, because you can buy product for your ear hair or your nose hair. Like true. above the waist stuff is Easy, also Mike. available there. Uh, that's for the next. <laughs> we go long on the next podcast. All right. Okay? All right. We made a deal with them already. Let's not. We're giving them too much. <laughs> It's your show. Okay, people can are going to go nuts now for the crazy. Can I say good teenage, morning to some Hebsey, uh, Hebsey on sports fans? Sorry? Can I say good morning to some uh, Hebsey on sports fans who are live with us on your YouTube channel? You may. Mike Kerr, who was first in. Good morning, Mike. Dale Cadeau morning, is there. This is early for him. He's on the West Coast, I believe. Moose Grumpy says good morning, everybody. KM says top of the morning. Andrew, he's got he's got a question about the NBA finals, but I'll get to it during that segment. I Sinclair Russell says good morning. Andrew Ward Ooh, is with a, us. That's quite the name. I know. I, know. I Sinclair Russell. I know. It's unbelievable. Wasn't he an MPP in Saskatchewan or something? <laughs> uh, Wayne Brown, good morning. Steve Green, Phil Parkinson, uh, just a couple more here. Brian Gerstein is with us. Excited about Wimbledon, I'm sure. Patrick Luongo, I don't know if he's related to the other Luongo. Jeremy V. Well, Daniel wait, Finkler. Go back. De, uh, Luongo, Patrick Luongo. Patrick Luongo, yeah. What about him? I said, is he related to uh, Roberto Luongo? No, he's not. Oh, you know, Pat. Okay, because uh, same last name. Okay, Brad Pattinson. There's so many wonderful people joining us. Jeremy V uh, says the nose trimmer is great. I know no. Oh, more- excellent. <laughs> so, just if you are, and we won't say anymore, but just use the promo code Hebsey if you buy something at Manscaped.com because that's yeah. how uh, Hebsey wets it keeps his the whistle. show alive. Yeah, he wets if his you don't, whistle. We, we die on the vine. That'd right, be it. 240 yeah. episodes. Thanks for coming out. You don't want us to die. <sighs> okay, Mike. Yeah. Um, I know you wanted to see the Habs get swept. I did, yes. Because you're a Leaf fan, diehard, died in the wool. And as the series went on between Montreal and Tampa, more and more fans, depending on how the Habs were playing, either jumped on or off the bandwagon. But for the most part, jumped off. And, and, and for sure, all the diehard Leaf fans said the same thing. You cannot possibly root for the Montreal Canadiens if you're a Leaf fan. You just can't do it. People from Argentina understand if their team gets eliminated, they're not rooting for Brazil. No chance. They hate Brazil. We get that. And so for years and years and years, while Montreal were winning all those Stanley Cups and Toronto was not, this was the perfect time to be 
anti-Montreal. And let's face it, you're, the team you're rooting for was the much better team anyway during the regular season, the defending champions, and they deserve to win Tampa Bay, right? Mm. And so, but I thought, geez, I wonder how many Canadians, if you were to take a poll, <clears throat> would have said, <clears throat> excuse me, that they were rooting for the Habs to win. And I thought, might be 50-50 in the country. Might not be. Well, guess what? The Leger Marketing Company did a survey of 1,518 Canadians and asked who would they be rooting for in the cup final? 57% checked the box for the Montreal Canadiens with regional support strongest in Quebec, of course. Obviously. And weakest in the Prairie Provinces. (laughs) Maybe it's because the Habs knocked off the Winnipeg Jets. I don't know. They hate the big cities out, out west. They hate us too. I guess. So, Mike, the Habs were not Canada's team. I suspect that if the Leafs were in the finals, mm-hmm. 75 to 80% of Canadians would be rooting for them and maybe more. I don't know about not that. In Quebec. I don't know. Take about Quebec that. out of the equation. But everyone else, you're rooting for the Leafs. You're well, a Leaf fan. But right? can I ask, why would a Canucks fan root for the Leafs in the final? Like, I don't understand why fans of. I'm other- not from Vancouver. But I know that a lot of people in Vancouver hate Toronto, but yeah. there are a lot of ex-Ontarians who would come out of the woodwork as, I grew up as a Leaf fan, and they had moved to BC years ago. Sure, My the- grandfather was a Leaf fan. My grandfather was a Maple Leaf. Sure. This is where the fans would come out when they were in the final. Okay. And you had no other choice, but Tampa Bay or Toronto, you got to pick one. Well, I was a Leaf fan before I moved to Calgary, before I moved to Edmonton, before I chased the oil fields, before I went out, before I went here, before I went there, before I moved. I'm from Toronto. You know how I know that, Mike? Tell me. They all listen to this show. <laughs> they all still want that connection to Toronto sports. They want to know what's going on in their city. They have to live somewhere else. You think Dale Cadeau wants to live out west there? No. It's an <laughs> Ontario guy. You think Gene Valitis wants to live in Vancouver? What the hell for? The stinking Canucks? The British Columbia Lions? Rain all the time? No. It's the mountains, man. What's it be in Toronto? The the Jays, the Raptors, the Leafs, the pulse of the city. So I'd say 75 to 80% of Canadians would be rooting for the Leafs if it was the Leafs instead of the Habs. And the Leafs would have given Tampa a way better series than Montreal. Mike, did you enjoy hearing uh, Nikita Kucherov put down the Habs fans um, during um, the uh, post-match press Look, conference where he had he sucked back a couple of Bud Lights. I watched it, and I will say, I found that press conference to be very entertaining. Like, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. Uh, you know, whether it's the Habs fans or not, like, I just thought Kucherov was a sort of kind of fun. Like, I enjoyed it. I, tell me, okay, I, tell me about this take, because I saw others with this it's take. A, that was a class, but think about this, all right? Uh, if the NHL was looking for a villain, they found him, Right? Because for sure, Montreal fans are going to look at Kucherov differently now, if they didn't already. And every time Tampa comes to Montreal and he touches the puck, they're just going to boo the shit out of him. But also that, he didn't need to do that. Ah. He didn't need to put down the Habs fans for oversell. Look, we they all can, agree. They can take it. They we all agree, it. right, that they completely overreacted, these young fans. These people who had never experienced a playoff victory of any sort. And now they've won three rounds of the playoffs and they're going giddy and they're celebrating the fact that they weren't humiliated. Mm -hmm. All right. So we all agree that they went overboard, but do you think that would happen in Toronto? 
Do you think if the Leafs were in the final against Tampa and they were down three love, all right? Yep. And in game four, they win to stave off elimination. Would Maple Leaf Square and everybody not go cuckoo? Oh, for sure. I think so. Yeah, okay. after any win. Yeah, even right. if it's down 3 nothing. Yeah. But but if that happened, and then Kucherov said, oh, those fucking Leaf fans, you know, we showed them. Like, idiots, you know. You think Leaf fans wouldn't go, fuck you, Kucherov, you prick, you Russian prick, you? No oh. Canadian guy would ever do that. No oh. Canadian guy. American guy might. But no Canadian guy <laughs> would ever do that. Put down the fans. Oh, yeah, those Tampa fans, they don't know fuck all. What were they doing celebrating? No way would any Canadian guy ever say what Nikita Kucherov said, even if he had six beer in him. And we only know of the two light beers that he knocked off on the podium. As far as I'm concerned, this guy was doing gummies right after the game. Let's get fucking high. Let's go. We just won the Stanley Cup. And I guarantee you during the course of the the Stanley Cup parade, whether that's going to be a flotilla of boats or what, these guys are going to be fucking hammered. Because that's what happens at the end of a season. You and I blow off steam at the end of a week having a couple of drinks or a toke or whatever the hell. These guys just went through the season from hell. Right. All right? They've got every right to party as soon as that buzzer ended the game. But, of course, you've got to go through the handshake, the lineup, handshake, and the only like. Now, someone's going to ask you a question. How does it feel? What does it feel like? Sure. Did you ever think back in blah, 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 that you would be here today? Talk about your teammate. What was, tell me about John Cooper. We know all that goes. In the meantime, these guys are dying to get the fuck out of there, get into their dressing room and party. But they've got to do their media obligations. Nikita, we need you out there. The media wants to talk to you. Oh, sure. Give me a couple more beer. I go out there, tell those fucking Montreal fans pricks. You fucking, can you imagine what the Tampa Bay players were looking? They're going, they're watching the Montreal fans going, what the heck are they celebrating? What are they celebrating? Right. But for him to point that out and call out the city of Montreal and the fans was a classless thing to do. That's my opinion. I know. I agree. I I think he's entertaining. He's fun. I think no Canadian would ever do that ever. That opinion, Hebsey, is 100% bullshit, okay? Because in the context of the moment, you just won the Stanley Cup, the most difficult trophy in sports to win. You just finished winning in that euphoria. So I don't know how many pops he had in him, a couple, whatever. Bottom line is he's letting loose. He's having fun. He's shooting from the hip. And I found it thoroughly entertaining. It's the most entertaining press conference I've seen in quite some time. Oh, all of that, too. Oh, but he didn't have to put down. But classless. When did he you become? About, okay, what he what said you, about the voters. Quite a second. What he said about the voters, uh, they didn't vote on Vasilevsky. Vasi should have won the Vezina. Who was that? I don't even know who the other guy was. It was Marc-Andre Fleury, by the way. Right. It was, a, it was sort of a backhanded put down. He knew it was Marc-Andre Fleury, but instead it was like, oh, the other guy. The Vegas and guy. And so, yeah, that's kind of fun. It doesn't affect us. But, but when you call out the fans by basically saying, you stupid idiots, you shouldn't have been celebrating like that. That, to me, he didn't need to do. <laughs> he thought he was being funny. But the other part of it is, He's being encouraged by the media who, and everyone agreed, thank God we've got somebody entertaining. Right. All right. year long. Zoom conferences, nothing. Finally, we get something. So it, it didn't matter what the content was. It was the fact that they finally got something. So I agree with you that it was entertaining. And I also agree that the F- Habs fans did go overboard. But I thought it was a classless move for him to point that out. And that's it. 
Okay, <clears throat> you're entitled to that opinion uh, as always, Thank and uh, I'm entitled <clears throat> to mine. But I would like to see more of that because it was super, super entertaining, which is what I, now, who, why I watch sports. If the Leafs were to win the Stanley Cup, who on the Leafs would be that guy? Oh, I'm not sure we have that guy right now. Oh, we sure do. We do? do? Okay, a couple of drinks in him for sure. <laughs> Who's that guy? You tell it's for me. For sure, Austin Matthews. It's for sure Matthews. Do you remember that glare he gave uh, Carey Price? Remember that one? Sure, with of Carey course. Price yeah. Early right. on, right. That's what I think of. That uh, kind of smirky, kind of, you know, hey, officer, here's my underpants. Like that, he's got that in him. It's in his DNA for sure. Right. So for sure, if they were, he were to win the cup, he would be definitely his, the guy. His PR come. team would have a long chat with him. He's American the game. too. The Canadian <laughs> guy would never do it. Marner wouldn't do it. But <laughs> Matthews has the capacity of being, hey, and by the way, all you Tampa fans. Well, with, with England in the Euro Cup final, I think we find <clears> out what Matthews will do next year. I think that's the year, right? Because... Uh, they last beat they I know this is coming up, but they last reached the final in sixty six. Is that right? So That's we right. last reached Jeff the Hurst final in sixty seven. So we're due next year if that holds up. No. Really? <laughs> That's a stretch. Yes, it's, it's a, a stretch. Big stretch. <laughs> big stretch. Uh I thought Sportsnet did a really good job uh covering the playoffs. And they really needed to. They needed the Habs to go a long way because let's face it, when you sign a twelve year broadcast deal for five point two billion dollars. And you get Bupkis, yeah. your first 10 years, seven years, whatever it was. It was a 12-year deal. And finally, you get a team from Canada that goes all the way to the final. Like, good on them. The numbers are really good. Uh, sure. Game, This is just English only. Game one, uh, 3.5 million. Game two, 3 million. Game three, 3.1 million. Game four, 3.7 million. And then game five, 3.4 million. That's just English. You probably add another couple of million uh, in Quebec only from TVA, the television network. They're still fantastic numbers. And this is where, you know, this is the dice that they rolled back years ago in the hopes that they could go far in the playoffs with a Canadian team. And that those ad dollars in the playoffs, massive. Look at the numbers. When you say to someone, we can deliver you over 3 million. Oh, man lineup forms to the right to be a sponsor on those games, right? For sure. Um, but back to Hockey Night in Canada and the broadcast. Uh, Cuthbert, phenomenal on play. First time he's ever done the, the Stanley Cup Finals. So what and happens man, when Jim so Houston good. calls next season's Stanley Cup Finals? Like? I don't know. I couldn't oh. tell you. I don't even know what Jim Houston sounds like anymore. It's been so long <laughs> since I've heard I'm serious. Okay. I yeah. don't, I, I, it's been a long time. He didn't do any games this year that I know of. No, I don't think he worked this year. Okay. Anyway, I don't know what the deal is there. But but Cuthbert is numero uno as far as I'm concerned. Kevin BX, I think we all knew, an absolute star on the panel remotely. Uh, but Ron McLean came under some criticism for not asking Commissioner Gary Bettman about the ongoing sexual assault investigation involving a former coach and two unidentified players. Now, it was thought that the NHL might have told McLean not to ask certain questions. And as you know, mm-hmm. the NHL our partners with the broadcaster here. And, you know, you got to work in harmony there. And if the commissioner's office had please no questions about the Chicago Blackhawks investigation, would McLean say, I don't give a shit. I'm going to ask the question anyway. But according to Ron, he made the decision to not ask the question because the information that, that had already been out there, nothing, there was no update, nothing had changed. And he didn't feel it was necessary to ask any questions about this. Hmm. What do you think, Mike? Okay, 
I, I speak from the heart here and having I like Ron McLean as a broadcaster and as a human being. I've spent quality time with him. Good guy. But uh, this one is inexcusable. What I think happened here is the obvious, which is that last time, years ago, when, when Ron McLean clashed with Gary Bettman, famously, uh, Ron lost the hosting gig and Strombo came in. Like that was a, a Bettman like directive, like get rid of McLean. They had to kind of ask Bettman if McLean could come back when the Strombo experiment failed. And this was basically, I think this was self-censorship by Ron McLean to ensure he doesn't end up in the same position as last time. Like, I think he had the shot across the bow and then he was... I would have liked to have known what Bettman had to say. And if he would have just said, well, we can't comment on an ongoing investigation or whatever, that Ron would press him and say, well, sure, I think the fans deserve to know what the heck's been going on here. Uh, and maybe Chicago Blackhawk fans in particular need to know what type of culture has been going on there. And, you know, can the NHL address this? And are they addressing this? What steps are being taken? And what can you tell us? He should have asked anyway. that question. So I think Ron McLean, as a journalist, and he, he talks a lot about ethics and uh, integrity, uh, he really, in, he, I think he knows it if you got him in a private moment with a beer. I think he, should, he definitely should have asked that question of Gary Bettman, and he pulled it because I think he worried about his career. That's my feeling on that. Uh, huh? Do you agree? I, it sounds logical to me. Uh, if I'm in Ron's position, Ron is, I'm going to say, around 60 years of age or thereabouts, 55 to 60. I don't know. His maybe early 60s, age. maybe. But yeah, you're right. Uh, could be. But if he feels that he's only got so many years left, and, you know, if you pay attention to social media, there are people who are saying, you know, Ron's got to go. We need someone younger in there, you know, which is what they said back in 2014 when they signed right. the deal, right? Right. We need someone younger, whatever it was. Uh, I might do the same thing. Yeah. I think, you know, I think to save your career at this particular point um, is it's very difficult to determine what's more important to you, saving your career or the integrity that you feel that you have or that the viewers look to you for. Do you think right? Dave we, Hodge, do the viewers look to Ron McLean to ask those tough questions? Yeah. And did he disappoint the viewers? Right. And can the viewer understand that perhaps if Ron would have asked the question and Gary didn't have the answers or they were in a precarious position, that that was none of the viewers business and Ron should not have tried to extract that information because you're partners you're being paid handsomely uh, uh, with the understanding that the National Hockey League is our partner. And that since, like, for example, if if Ron worked for Global, mm -hmm. he could go on and, and get an interview. If he could get an interview with Batman, he could ask all those questions. He didn't have to worry about Global losing the rights. Trust me, I know about that. Right. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Which, and of that. course, Batman won't well, do. Well, the best with yeah. Mike. How about right. this one? When they say yeah. to you, you can't wear that earring. What? And they said that to you. Can't, you. you can't wear the earring. What do you mean? What, what does that have to do with anything? That's the way it is. We've got sponsors. Imperial Oil. Molson's. We don't think the sponsors would like to see a man wearing an earring on the broadcast. And that's rooted in homophobia. Yeah. I know, just pointing out the obvious, I suppose. But uh... <laughs> That's what happened back then. All right. So the Tampa Bay Lightning are the champions. The Champa Bay Lightning. <laughs> Montreal Canadiens runners-up and um, two of the 
weirdest seasons kind of back to back. You know, I mean, look, Tampa won it back in Edmonton. When when was that? When did they win the Stanley Cup? October? Something like that. I don't even remember. That was a super weird season. There's nobody season. there. They prayed around with there's no one there. And now right. they get to win in front of their home crowd. Right. Wild. Which felt very normal, which I like. Yeah, it felt much more normal. And awesome. remember, had that happened in Canada, there would have only been 3,500 people in the arena and 3,500,000 outside the arena. Okay, can I address something? Because Brian's pointing out that Gary Bettman is a lawyer and that it would be a complete waste of time to ask him that question because he'd lawyer with his response. And I say, that's not the freaking point. You, the, Ron McLean has to ask the question. What Gary Bettman says is not really of Ron McLean's concern if he wants to lawyer out of it. But he, I think you have to ask him that question. And pulling that question to me violates everything that Ron McLean preaches about in terms of uh, journalistic ethics and integrity, et cetera. And I think if you had a heart to heart with Ron McLean, he'd say, yeah, like he, he pulled it for his, uh, to preserve his career at this stage of his life. Okay. So what if it was someone younger and they were in that position? You think they would do the same thing? Who's got, because, the, who's got the balls well, when you've way. seen what happened? Hockey night ahead. in Canada is not 60 minutes. No, I, but, but what do you expect from hockey night in Canada? I expect that question at that time, if you were told nothing's off the table or whatever, you can ask whatever you want. You have to ask that question. Do you think Dave Hodge would have asked that question? Of course. Yeah, of course, right? And why do you say of course? Because you know Dave Hodge uh, puts the, you know, the integrity ahead of the career, if you will. We have lots of evidence But I also that. know that's right. But I also know that that cost Dave Hodge yeah. at least two high-profile jobs. Right. He's he stuck by his guns, <clears throat> which I'll always admire him for. Yeah, sure. Was 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 he at a point of his broadcast career where he knew that if he lost that job, he could get a job elsewhere? I don't know. Right. But as far as some, look, here's the way I look at it. If someone came up to Dave Hodge after that and said, "These days, you you know you you really chose the correct path. You stuck by your guns. You uh, you believed that that's the way it was. That's what you said, and you weren't going to back down to some corporate entity." who said, we can't say those things or do those things or appear that way. Good for you. Now, if you would ask Dave, you know, would you have done it again? I bet he would have said, yep. Because what Dave did there is he's representing the viewer, mm -hmm. the fan. Mm -hmm. And he has an obligation to ask those questions. He does. Yep. And Ron McLean may not feel that way, or he may feel that way, but he's, he's tied. His hands are tied. You know, people say that I can't do nothing I can do about it. My hands are tied. I hope you right. understand. I do understand the man has a career. All right. He has a, a, a reputation and maybe the most difficult decision he's had to make was to not ask the question that he really wanted to ask and felt that the viewers were saying, come on, Ron, ask that question. He wanted to ask the question, but he couldn't. Right. Right. And one last word, one last word, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Okay. One last word on this is that I think a lot of the Ron McLean hate, like the people on Twitter, et cetera, who kind of want him removed. A lot of that is coming from Don Cherry fans who have this sort of perception in their minds that Ron McLean somehow threw Don Cherry under the bus with that Remembrance Day situation. And because of that, they've been gunning for Ron ever since. Like, if, if Don's gone, I want Ron gone too. Like, it's like pound of flesh yeah. or whatever. Like, that, there's a, that, that contingent exists out there. Do you not find that Ron's role has changed dramatically? Well, like, how well, so? Since, since the Ron and, well, since there's no coach's corner. Right, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ron's role is different now. What'll happen, he pretty much is being the traffic cop. I mean, he does the opening, 
But as a traffic cop, he his job is to move that panel along. <clears throat> Kelly, Kevin, Cassie, right, right. Jen, boom. And, and the other thing is, here's what I find incredible about television, is you need to show two anchors or one anchor in order to introduce another anchor or two anchors <laughs> right. who are going to introduce the experts. Right. There's way too much throwing. Like, why does Ron have to go, David Amber, David. Right. right. And then David goes, Ron, thank you. Right. Elliot, Anthony, <laughs> whatever. It's just too formulaic. It's like, I would love, for example, to hear someone interrupt mm-hmm. and take over the bra. You know what I mean? Like Charles will do that. Sometimes Barkley will do that on inside the NBA. He'll just sort of take over. There's no script there. He's going to go off about free throw shooting or this guy versus that guy or whatever. That's what Hockey Nanny Canada needs. That's what they need as opposed to, all right, Kelly, you know, uh, let's talk about Carey Price. It just becomes so kind of predictable there. But when there's a little riff, when Kevin Bieksa disagrees with Cassie Campbell and then maybe is told, hey, Kevin, maybe you want to take a few days off. And then we'll tell people that this was a prearranged a vacation during the middle of the Stanley cup playoffs, which no one ever took before. All right. So obviously Kevin's pretty, he's pretty confident in his, in his ability to get a job in hockey broadcasting, or maybe that little riff with, with Jen or with Cassie, I can't remember. Maybe they kind of said, yeah, you know what? You don't need to do this series here. You don't need to be on every night. And that's maybe. still speculative, right? We don't have any, yep. uh, okay. Don't know. And you're not going to get it either. No one's going to admit anything to you. But don't you find it strange that a broadcaster that's doing really well would drop off in the middle Unless of the Stanley Cup playoffs? He had a kid. Jerry never a, did. A graduation never ceremony. Did. I don't know. The guys on the satellite hot stove never. Al Strachan didn't say, like, I know it's the cup semifinal, but sorry, man. I, you know, I promised my kid I was <laughs> going to spend five days at Marineland. No. Right, right. You they do don't that do that. The the season. Season. <clears throat> Probably didn't want to do that either. Something happened. Interesting, interesting. And final word, because I'm hearing, I'm seeing a lot of buzz you, on Twitter. It's the fourth time you said final thing. James Duthie, okay, who's great. Uh, yeah. Remember, before Strombo was hired to take the Ron McLean hosting job, they made a big offer. Uh, Scott Moore and the Sportsnet people made an offer to James Duthie to jump ship. He told me this himself in this studio I'm in right now. So James Duthie was going to leave TSN, come to Sportsnet, but Duthie decided to be loyal to TSN. I don't see why that would change now because there's a bit of buzz on Twitter about Duthie coming in and taking the Ron McLean job at Sportsnet. If he made that decision then, I don't know why he would. I didn't hear d- that rumor. Yeah, like I think maybe uh, no, I think Jonah the from was what was the rumor? Duffy he was, to ESPN. Well, that's what but I that's, heard. But that's on like that's based <clears throat> on nothing either. I think from that, then people started to like extrapolate. Like, Why is it based on nothing? Plan. If Duffy is a multiple award winner and is like the face of hockey, okay. Well, it's based on, on Duffy being good at his job, right? Yeah. Well, that, wouldn't I, you want to get someone that's good at their job? Uh, yeah, sure. Or is he? Or is James Duffy facing um, um, someone uh, a diversity situation where it's just, can we find? someone who's not a white male to do this job possibly <clears throat> i don't know i do not know okay. but anyway I, again that will be the last time i say the last thing i want to say because that's ridiculous you're right no come on i'm just kidding with you <laughs> how about some baseball jays were rained out last night in baltimore baltimore but uh, i wasn't aware that it was a rain out and i flipped the tv on i'm going jesus christ what's were you doing pitching second game in a row <laughs> and then i look at the bug saying you know um game Jay's game postponed or whatever it was um so they get Tampa this weekend uh on our last show I mistakenly said that the Jays were in Tampa 
playing at the Trop when, in fact, they played um, in Buffalo. But this weekend, they're at the Trop. And last weekend, they beat them two out of three. And if they can do that here, good, good on them. Tampa's a pretty good team. But they've always had trouble at this place, the Trop, the House of Horrors, that whole deal there. Alec Manoa, who was supposed to pitch in Baltimore last night but got rained out, gets the ball tonight. Ross Stripling, the chicken strip man, goes Saturday. And Robbie Ray goes Sunday. And I, whenever I say Robbie Ray, I think of the former quarterback of the Argos, but that's Ricky Ray. Right. <laughs> and there's Ricky Bobby and then Robbie Bobby. Bobby it Ray. Sounds like a NASCAR know, driver, sounds... right? Like, oh, that's NASCAR driver, Robbie Ray right. or whatever. Yeah. Robbie Ray. It's a good name though, right? Yeah. Were you and Ray? You know, we could have a starting rotation. If we could get a couple of other guys with like three word last names, we could have a starting rotation of, you know, the least number of that. That would be a stat that somebody would come up with the least number of uh, letters for a starting staff. Some of the, the one I heard the other day, which was the funniest. And I think Dan Shulman kind of referred to it. And by the way, Shulman's doing the game with Pat Tabler and they show a shot of Buck Martinez and Ben yes. Wagner sitting in the Amelie Arena in Tampa watching the Habs against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. And Tabler says, out loud on the air, shouldn't they be watching the Jays game and studying <laughs> for the games they're doing? And I'm going, yeah. <sighs> and if they can be at the Amelie Arena watching the game, why the fuck can't they be in Tampa at that ballpark actually doing the game physically there? Why couldn't they have done it in Buffalo? It was a day off. Or in Baltimore. What the hell is taking so long to get boots on the ground whenever the Jays are playing a road game, which they're playing all the time? There's nobody, no boots on the ground in Buffalo. What the fuck? Anyway, this team has got a chance. They're making trades. They're doing deals. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're right in the action, thick of the action. 44 and 40 on the year, three and a half games out of the last wild card spot, which is currently held by Oakland. Seattle, by the way, also three and a half games back of that spot. The Jays already have traded for a couple of relief pitchers. Big buzz yesterday when the MLB network says, hey, the Blue Jays are interested in Nelson Cruz, the 54-year-old designated hitter for the Minnesota Twins. Right-handed hitter, though. What do they what do they want with a right-handed hitter? Dude can hit the ball out of the park. Yeah, but he'll clog up the bases if he gets on. Yeah, but it's Nelson Cruz. Imagine the lineup with Nelson Cruz in there. Now, I can't see why the Jays would be interested in Cruz unless they're going to trade one of their four outfielders. And I suspect that would be either Lourdes Gurriel Jr. or Randall Grichik. And if that happens, then I would say the Jays are all in to make a serious playoff run. And they may be better than Tampa. Maybe better than Boston especially if these young kids just keep getting better and better. They're still hovering around that 504 games over. They've always been around the 500 mark. They need to make a move and they could start by winning two out of three against Tampa. Again, take a break for the all-star game, refresh, recharge. By the way, the all-star games in Denver at Coors field. That's Tuesday. Uh, Monday's the home run derby, which Vladdy has opted out of, but will feature the incredible Shohei Otani of the angels who has 32 home runs, four more than Guerrero and Fernando Tatis Jr. Wow. 32 home runs. And what a pitcher. So he's in the home run derby along with Pete Alonso of the Mets, Joey Gallo of the, hey, Joey Gallo of the Rangers. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a mob boss, Joey? Joey yeah, Gallo. For sure. From the Gambino family. <laughs> he reminds me of the guy I tell you about all the time in my neighborhood, Joe. Hey, Mark, Mark, what about the, what about the Leafs? Mark, you like the Canadians? Hey, Mark, Italy's playing. You like Italy against England on Sunday? Oh, of course I like Italy. I'm not going to say I like England to this guy. 
Hey, Mark, Mark, you know Joey Gallo? Yeah, he's in the Home Run Derby. What about Trey Mancini? Yeah, Mancini. Yeah. <laughs> what about the uh, What about the guy from MS13, uh, Sal Salvador Perez? Hey, what about him? What about Juan Soto? <laughs> Luca Brasi. Luca Brasi. Like they all sound like gang members. Yeah. Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. Trey that. Mancini. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about here. By the way, it's great that the Jays are sending four players to the All Star Game, but it's the All Star Game is not what it used to be. It never will be again. And it's not a put down of the players. It seems to me that a lot of the big stars have decided that rest and family time is more important than flying to Denver for a few days of baseball pageantry. And I can't disagree. I mean, for example, Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa of Houston, they're taking a pass on the all-star game. Maybe not so much because they want the rest, maybe because they don't want the fans booing the shit out of them because they're a bunch of cheaters. So they said, you know what? Let's just not go. Um, but Jacob deGrom of the Mets, the best pitcher in baseball, uh, is going to stay home with his family. He would have been the starter for the National League, but there's there's no incentive for him to go. Mm. Remember, uh, they used to have it that the team that won the All-Star game, that league, they would host the extra game. They would host the, the World Series. They would get the home field advantage. Right. But they stopped that a few years ago. So the game means nothing now. And the all And the home run derby is more exciting than the game itself. Without a doubt, did I see that they're uh, they wait, they have uniforms right now? The American League yeah. has a uniform. Uh, I really loved seeing everybody in their real uniforms. Like I, I remember. Lo- go ahead. The time that Lou Whitaker of yes. the Detroit his 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 uniform didn't make it in time, and they had to go to like a local store, like a Champs Sports or something, and no, and get a Detroit Tigers <laughs> jersey. I think I, they I sold do. the number one on it or something. Like terrible. But it was always I thought that's like one of the cool parts of the uh, for sure baseball but the other thing is that's how you can recognize the guys in a team picture (laughs) i mean you're looking at a guy with a uniform like who's that i mean it looks like it could be aaron judge but he's not wearing yankee pinstripes he looks like he looks different i get it if you're playing for your you know your country in the world championships or at the the olympics i get that you're wearing canada right Right. And that but, was the one sport where you could get away with that. Like, cause you can't do that with like basketball or hockey because it's too much fast action. You got to quickly see whether that's a teammate or if that's the other team, right? Like you have to visually see that as a player, but like in baseball, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Like in baseball, yeah. that's the one sport where you can have, like you have the, 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 the darks and the lights or whatever, but you, you can basically have your own uniform and it's, you can still right. play the game. You know, Take who's on whose team, team photos from the all-star games of years past. Right. They're all wearing their, their team's uniform, easy to pick them out. Right? I mean, who's that guy in the San Diego Padres uniform? Well, I guess, you know, I, that's Fernando Tatis Jr. since he's the San Diego representative. But if they were all standing there with their, you know, National League caps on, you know, his hair looks like his hair. That could Is that so-and-so? Who is, a little more difficult to tell. Here's anyway. a, can I ask you a trivia question from someone in the chat here? KM says, uh, can you name the two players aged 22 or younger who had 28 home runs uh, before the All-Star game. There's only two players in Major League Baseball history, 22 years or younger, with 28 home runs before the All-Star game. Uh, one of them's easy. Because... Wait a second. No, yeah. hold it, hold Go it. Go ahead. I don't like the question. You don't like the question. The All-Star okay, game well, didn't me... start until 1936. Sure, okay. Or 33. Sorry. Yeah. There was so before that, so Babe Ruth never had a chance right. at that record. Okay, well, okay. Nor did Lou Gehrig, really. Okay. It's still about, yeah. So we're, so, uh, uh, I don't know, Ken well, Griffey Jr. Well, one is Vlad Guerrero Sammy Jr., Sosa. and the other Vlad one Guerrero is uh, Johnny Bench. Nice. 
So oh, you're right. That's right. Age 22 season. Very right. good. There you go. Excellent. Thank you for that. Thank you, KM. Making me feel stupid. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, speaking of cheating, did I mention cheating? Yes. Have you noticed MLB, ever since they started checking pitchers for foreign substances, a few of the top hurdlers in the game have struggled and the run production has suddenly gone up. Not that there aren't one nothing games anymore, but, but there's a lot, a lot of these pitchers who are making hitters look foolish. Not so much like Garrett Cole of the Yankees. Suddenly his spin rate is way down and they're hitting him hard. And remember uh, Aroldis Chapman, the way he was blowing us away back then, remember saving games? Yeah. Guess what? The ump started checking him. And you know what? His ERA has gone way up. Gave up a big, I think it was a grand slam the other night. So he's not so good anymore. So maybe, maybe if they were using the sticky stuff, and they got caught. Now they're just average, ordinary pitchers. Good. In tennis, Denis Shapovalov gets world number one Novak Djokovic in the second semifinal today at Wimbledon in a few hours. Heady stuff for Shapo, the number 10 seed who has played brilliantly on the grass and has kept his unforced errors down to a minimum and kept his temper in check for the most part. <clears throat> He'll have to play a near-perfect match to beat the Joker, who is like, he's like, he's like a wall. He returns everything. You can't get the ball by him. He might be the best returner of serve in the history wow. of tennis. Wow. He's that good. Any chance uh, for Chapo? Semif- like any chance at all for Chapo? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. He's going to have to play near perfect tennis. He's going to have to hit a lot of winners to beat this guy. Hmm. Because, I mean, he'll wear you out. Djokovic, he'll just wear you out. Uh, I think the Joker will likely win. I'll give Dennis a set. Joker in four sets. Uh, the other one's going on now. Uh, Herkech and Berrettini is the other semifinal. Uh, the men's final goes Sunday. The women's final is tomorrow featuring number one seed Ash Barty of Australia and the eight seed Karolina Pliskova of the Czech Republic. I'm told and by the way, during the Felix Auger Aliasim Matteo Berrettini match during the quarterfinal match in the fourth set, ESPN split the screen and showed Roger Federer's press conference as the, at the same time as the match. So instead of getting into the match, which was at that point was quite very close in the fourth set and getting the feel of it and watching Felix play, we saw it in the corner of the screen while we heard Roger Federer answering questions about, well, are you going to retire? And blah, 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 blah. I, I thought that was just a, a Bush move by ESPN. I wanted to watch the tennis. I tuned in to watch the tennis. I can watch Roger Federer anytime. Or tell me that the Roger Federer press conference is on another channel somewhere. Yeah, right? Just show it like on tape delay. Like you don't have yeah. to show that live. Right? But live, you got to show no, it live no. while the match is going on. I agree. That's... That sounds dumb to me. Like you can just after the match, you can play the uh, the press yeah. conference if you like. And the other thing is who who the heck is listening to the Roger Federer match when there's this terrific quarterfinal <laughs> match going on? There's a lot of the Roger tennis fans. journalists are out there going, <laughs> Roger, we've got to ask you this question. It's very right. very important. And if I'm Roger, I'm like, guys, I really don't want to answer these questions. I kind of want to watch Felix Auger Aliassime play. I, I doubt he was being like that, but still. <laughs> so uh, I, I went through five minutes of listening to Roger Federer when I wanted to listen to and be involved in the. In the Felix um, uh, Berrettini match. Uh, just inexcusable by ESPN. Fair. By the way, as we speak, Berrettini is cruising. Yeah, he's got a hell of a serve. Into the finals. So it looks he's like he's up two sets to love. Now, do you do you know that his... Let me think about this. Felix 
and Matteo are dating cousins. Oh, I didn't know that. The two girls they each dated, the two girls they're dating are, are cousins. So these guys are pretty tight. Wow. And if you notice also, when the men, when the match is over, for the most part, the men are very, you know, huggy, huggy and tapping each other's chest and tossing the hair of the other person. And the women barely look at each other and like tap rackets. Like, you know, occasionally you'll get the women at the net where they give a little, you know, a half hug or type type. But for the most part, the guys are all buddies and the women are all enemies of each other. It just seems to me. Hmm. I, okay. I don't know. I now, maybe if the women were dating cousins of men, or, I don't know. <laughs> I, but there just seems to be that, you know, that distancing. Hmm. And if you remember last year or two years ago when, when uh, Bianca won that uh, Indian Wells, Kerber said, oh, you're such a drama queen. Right. There's all that sniping going on. All that shit that goes on. Women snapping at each other. Anyway, in golf, it's the John Deere Classic in Silvis, Illinois. Sebastian Munoz and Cheston Hadley both shot eight under par 63s to tie for the first round lead. Top Canadian Nick Taylor at four under. David Hearn and Roger Sloan both at one under par. The Marathon Classic on the LPGA Tour, the Brooke Henderson. Uh, finished her opening round at one under par. The leader, Nasa Hataoka, shot a 10 under par, 61. Wow. That's 61. almost like, a, that 61 sounds like a like a, like a a Hebsey score at crosswinds. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, after about the 13th <laughs> hole. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, the fun, here's the funny thing, Mike. I've been promoting crosswinds for years. It's a great golf course. I don't have to tell you. I love playing there. The problem is, is that I, I can't get on like I used to be able to. I used to be able to call the pro shop or go online and, and there'd be a tea time. Now, it's much more difficult. I've been spreading the gospel about crosswinds and all the listeners are going, well, let's go to crosswinds. So now when I call to get on to try to play Saturday or Sunday, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, we're completely booked, Mr. Hebsher. You know what it you is? Are. It's those photos. Yes, as a matter of fact, Mr. Hebsher, a lot of... Uh, Looks like a lot of Hebsey on sports listeners have uh, booked tea times here at Crosswinds. Sorry, we have nothing for you. You're too successful. You're too good at this. But your photos, was it, uh, I saw photos this week. So I guess you were at Crosswinds this week. Is that right? No, no. We were on, we went on holidays this week. Went up to Muskoka for a few days to okay. play some golf up there. Okay. And relax, see some friends and all that. So we played a lovely course called Windermere. Beautiful, beautiful golf course in beautiful shape. A Stanley Thompson course. Okay. So we took some pictures there. That was Tuesday. And then Wednesday rained all day. Yeah. Thursday rained all day, so we got washed out of the other two games. Came back early. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, okay, well, we'll go play Crosswinds this weekend. And guess what, buddy? Booked. Yeah, you know what? You're over. You're just too good at promoting Crosswinds. You need to tone that down so there's some you can still no, get on the course. No, no. What I need to do is I need to book more in advance. Right. I need to right. be smart about things. Right. So a reminder now, if you want to play the most beautiful public golf course in Ontario, Voted for the 14th year in a row, the top public golf course in Burlington. Crosswindsgolf.com. Book your tee time online. Better hurry. Because if they say we're very sorry, but uh, we're booked, that you know that yours truly, Hebsy, got in under the wire there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you there at Crosswinds. Awesome. Looks like the Tokyo Olympics will go on as scheduled, but without spectators, Mike. Doesn't matter where you're from. You can't go watch the Olympic events, which means it'll end up being a made-for-TV event only. They have to recoup some of their losses. There's no way they can not have this two years in a row. 
but it's just too dangerous. And if this was Canada, we'd be flipping out. We would go nuts. You can't let people come into our country. But can I raise my hand and ask a quick question? Let's assume, I think it's fair to assume, the overwhelming majority of these athletes going to the Olympics have received their full vaccination for COVID-19. Don't know. Okay, but if that were the case, I don't see what the uproar is about. If you're fully vaccinated, it's a whole different story when it comes to COVID-19. Is it? Yeah, well, look at the numbers. Like, as we see with all these variants. No, no, I'm just saying, oh. is it in, if you're in Japan, can you say this categorically? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm okay with Americans coming to Canada you if they're okay? fully vaccinated. I'm saying if you were sure. Japanese and the rate of, uh, of infection versus uh, the number of um, vaccines given out, et cetera, et cetera, and hotspots, you wouldn't, Mike. You'd be you'd be concerned about the public health. Screw the Olympics. You yeah, but I would look at the science and see what is the uh, risk to the public health if fully vaccinated people come into our country, and they'll be right. fairly bubbled, right? These aren't we're not. Well, how would you feel Go ahead. about um, the Blue Jays coming back to Toronto and allowing all these unvaccinated uh, players from American baseball teams to come up? Well, this is the pro- this is the thing, you know, I, I wish I just wish everybody would get vaccinated so we can we can stop having this this discussion because well, it's I, not going to happen. Right. So right. what do you do? Because if you're the government and you say, all right, let's go, Blue Jays, come on. We know you want to play at Skydome. We know the fans are dying to see you. Um, but that means we're going to have to let the Cleveland Indians come in and they're 85 percent. What do we do with the 15 percent that are not vaccinated? Right. I know it's a it's a problem. I don't know what we do now. Uh, we've already done it. We did it this year with what? What sport? Wait a second. We did it with hockey. Did we not just have the uh, Olympic qualifying? Yeah, we did that. So did we not have people from Czech Republic and Turkey and Greece come to Canada? And the lightning just came for uh, lightning. Were here some games? Yeah, sure. So yeah, Vegas was there, right? That's right. <laughs> so so go ahead. How would you feel as a Canadian? Unvaccinated people coming into our country. There would have to be stringent uh, rules around. They, they couldn't That's just be they have at the Olympics. Into... Right. Stringent. Right. Good word. Right. Here's what I'm worried about. Tell okay? me. Because I wasn't planning on going anywhere, so I don't give a fuck if they're spectators or not. As long as people aren't dying or, or catching this disease, mm-hmm. you do the best you can. Here's my concern. Yep. Will the athletes have crowd noise pumped into the stadiums, into the arenas, into the, the you know, at the swim meets? Because just the sound of splashing water and eight people cheering, you know, your teammates or whatever, and nobody there right. is going to be f- really weird for television. So they're going to have to sweeten that up with audio. Yeah, maybe. Are you excited? Are you excited about the Olympics? No. First of all, I don't know who's going. I don't know what events are taking place. You know, I mean, I do and I don't. What, it's, what do you mean? I know no. that our basketball <laughs> team isn't. Right. I guess the women's soccer team is. You know, Andre de Grasse will be there. No. Hockey, of course, not in the Summer Olympics. Track Pen- and field, we've Penny got will be there. Good, we've got Andre de Grasse. Right. We've got, um, I can't even think of his name. Isn't that terrible? In the decathlon. Uh, Warner. Damien Warner. Is that <laughs> yes, thank yeah. you. Oh been, don't forget Penny o- o- Oleksiak. Oleksiak. Yeah, I won't. Okay. I, I will just say I'm, I'm excited to watch the Olympics uh, because uh, when does I, it start? Uh, the 23rd of July. I'm psyched okay. about it. And I'm sorry there's no crowd, but I think make a made-for-TV event is fine with me because I'm watching on TV. Now, I think I'll eventually get into it. Uh, I don't know about the time change and what time the events are on. I like to see stuff live naturally, but I don't know if I want to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, 
having said that, yeah, I think once they start uh, and they're and they're on TV, mm-hmm. I'll get into it. But you know, right, you know, lately it's been you know the Stanley Cup, the NBA. Uh, soccer and all this stuff but eventually when we get well, to the olympics and, i'm sure I'll and see. remember it, it 1996 was the last time a canadian was favored to win the 100 meter uh dash here like the fact that we right. have and yeah, he can win the 200 favored. don't, don't okay, even well, say that he's a favorite you know remember what happened to perdita felician sure okay well he's remember, a fa- yes favorite the favorite <laughs> the favorite the world record holder the favorite Right. I but didn't she, she went through, she hit a hurdle though. Like she hit a hurdle. Yeah. yeah That's the first a one. There's no hurdle in the hundred meter dash. Okay. But DeGrasse no, but is also, slip, you, could, you know, whatever. He's also Just a threat to win the, the 200 meter as well. Let's not I forget. Understand that. So, okay. I that because there's so no I'm excited about to this. worry about. It. I'm excited. Right. <laughs> but there's going to be lots of activities. I'm sure Greco Roman wrestling. were good. I'm sure canoeing C 500. I'm sure we got people. I don't know their names. Right. I'm sure right. the CBC will introduce and Sportsnet and the consortium or whatever will introduce us to all of these athletes in due time. Exciting. Profiles of a nation. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Here's our gymnastics team. Here they are. Let's here's their background. Here's the hurdles they had to overcome in order to make the Canadian Olympic team. And of course, if you tune in NBC's coverage, it's going to be the exact same thing with all the exact. Oh, and here's someone that tested positive for steroids and will not be representing the United States this year. Or marijuana. Cannabis, I should say. (laughs) That's so stupid. Is that dumb? (laughs) But it's on the list. This is my, okay, I don't know if you have this on the list here. Really quickly though, but if it's it's on the list and you know it, which of course she does know it, it's hard to kind of come down. It's dumb it's on the list, but if it is on the list... Right. You have to be responsible for what you can This consume. is the IOC's list too. This isn't right. uh, NBA's list or, or NFL's of list. This is the IOC and uh, they're, they're behind the times. So you're responsible as an athlete for what you put in your body, like knowing what you put in your body, if it's on the list or not. That's your responsibility. Right. She knew that was on the list and she put it in her body. So it's hard to say, you know, she got, you know, fucked here because. No, she, no, she's not. But what's happening? She's just getting support from people. Who don't you know, want it on the say, list. Hey, they should change the rules or they should, that, that marijuana is not a performance enhancing drug. Right. Remove cannabis from the list, but that's a whole separate argument that what's but going on But that's performance here. enhancing. And most people will agree. It's recovery, yes. Smoking a joint is not going to it helps help with, your, your uh, performance. Recovery, I think. From it, can, it can help with recovery. Right. Right. Anyway. Get it off the list. I'm on board with that. Thank oh, you. I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> in basketball, the Phoenix Suns took a 2 nothing series lead on Milwaukee with a convincing 118-108 win. Devin Booker led the way with 31 points. Chris Paul had 23. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, shit, I can't say his name. It's It's like Charles Barkley trying to say Jonas Valanciunas. I'm sorry. Giannis had 42 points in 40 minutes for the Bucks who will host games three and four on Sunday and Wednesday. I would never make it as an NBA commentator because I cannot say Giannis's last name. I just, it's a mental thing with me now. And I apologize to the entire Antetokounmpo family. Uh, Games three and four are in Milwaukee Sunday and Wednesday. Meanwhile, Canada basketball will not be represented at the Olympics as we failed to qualify despite having a ton of NBA talent and home court advantage in the qualifiers. They were in Victoria, BC, in front of a raucous crowd of about 700. Canada was beaten by the Czech Republic in the semifinals last Saturday, in case you missed it. 103-101 in overtime, one of the most exciting games I've ever seen. They were down nine points in the last minute and came back and tied it and then lost in OT. Great game, but... We lost. 
And the yeah. Czechs ended up beating the Greeks in the final, and they're in the Olympic Games. So good for them. Back to the drawing board for Canada, despite having the likes of R.J. Barrett, Andrew Wiggins, Corey Joseph, Trey Lyles, Andrew Nicholson, many other elite players, but not Jamal Murray. A healthy Jamal Murray wow. would have really helped this team. But having said that, Denver might have gone a long way and still been in the NBA playoffs, and he wouldn't be able to play anyway. But still, we got a lot of talent in this country. The difference is, is that the Czech Republic team stays together all year. That's the national team. Right. Oh, sure. They play some pro ball in, in Europe, but they're together and have been for a while. And Canada's team is sort of who can play this year. Right. Can you play? Can you play? Oh, you're right. still in the playoffs. RJ. Oh, the Knicks got eliminated. Can you play? And you can't you can't put a national team together like that. It's very difficult. Big soccer weekend, as I mentioned, but I'll say it again, Mike. It's England versus Italy on Sunday for the championship of Euro 2020. That game's at Wembley Stadium. So wow. England. Is a wow. slight favorite. Wow. Now, naturally, people are going, this has got to be at a, at a neutral site. But because of the pandemic this year, the opportunity to um, have that many teams in a city, depending on what that city was, and it had to, would have to have been a city that was not represented in Euro 2020. So a country that was not there, right? Like, like Athens or something. Like, That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, a country that was not sure. represented. Right, yeah. I'm just picking Athens a big one that wasn't there. That's all. Athens would have been a very good one. Right? Belgium, no. No. Ireland Belgium, was available. No. I noticed they could have done it in Dublin or something. Could have done it in a place like so. And, and what they did was they had a number of different um, arenas, and Wembley Stadium um, was chosen. And that, now that England's in the final, and of course they were there for the semifinal too, it was a huge difference. Sure. Massive difference. So they're slight favorites over Italy. Um, and in my neck of the woods, little Italy, it's going to be crazy Woo! on Sunday. And hey. if they win, watch out. Watch out. It's going to be bananas. But madness the other day when they won the semifinal. Yeah. That's why we got out of town. That's why we were up oh. in Muskoka. Because it was, <laughs> we, well, no, we chose that. It just so happened that it fell on that day. But we were like, you know, kind of happy that they won, but glad that we weren't down there. <laughs> Hebsey man, uh, the penalty that resulted in Hurricane. I know the, the goalie made the stop, but then he banged yes. in the rebound, if you will. The laser pointer? The oh, I was going to ask that that penalty. What yeah. did you think that was the right call to a pen, at that point in the game to give a penalty kick to, to mm. Hurricane? It just seemed mm. like I couldn't see any contact. It just didn't seem like a I penalty know. to me. Well, that's the beauty of uh, VAR, or the the problem with VAR is the referee makes the call. Yeah. And unless VAR has evidence to completely overturn like that conclusive, call, i.e. Right. there was no contact at all. Right. And it was a dive. If but, that were the case, then the player who dove, Kane, uh, should have gotten a, a penalty for simulation. Right. Pretending right. to go down. But you can trip on your own feet when you're running like that. At least I can. I don't know what these professional mm -hmm. soccer players... Mm -hmm. So that and and uh, the Italy match, uh, I actually only caught the the shootout or shootout, right? That's what you, the penalty kicks, whatever. The penalty kicks, right? <laughs> shootout it, is. It's called penalties. Okay, penalties. Uh, but I'll just say that uh, exciting. I, I hate to see these matches decided on penalty mm. kicks, but uh, wow! Like I think Italy versus England is how you might design it on the board if you were looking for the exactly. final. Exactly. So here we go. That's your dream final, <laughs> right there. Italy against. England. Is it coming home? I need to know. Is it coming home? Mike, I cannot make a prediction on this team for fear of my life. Honestly, but to God. you're a big Harry Kane fan, right? Like he's uh, one of your yes, Spurs am. guys. 
He's a Spurs guy. He's a San Antonio Spur. Is that right? <laughs> like you have to be careful with this. You have to be very, very careful. All right. I don't want to offend anyone. I hope it's a good game. Right. Uh, right. Also in my neck of the woods, because I don't live far from, well, Koreatown. Korea's not in, but I, there are a lot of um, South Americans uh, oh, down where, uh, sure. where where I live. And the Portuguese, when Portugal's not involved, will uh, root for Brazil. They That's double right. dip. So it's Brazil and Argentina going toe-to-toe in the final of the Copa America. That's big. Uh, the game will be played in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Wow. Originally, Colombia was supposed to host the World Cup, but they had COVID-19 issues and they had other problems, economic <laughs> yes. issues, political problems. Sure. So they decided on uh, Brazil. So a decided advantage there, Brazil and Argentina, Messi versus Neymar. Wow. Need I say more? And what time is this match? Do you know that offhand? Yeah, I think 8 o'clock at night. Okay, so that's Saturday at 8, and then we got 3 p.m. on Sunday. for. Uh, this is exciting. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. Very exciting stuff. Um, ESPN announced Tuesday it would move its longtime basketball reporter, Rachel Nichols, host of The Jump, off sideline coverage of the NBA Finals amid controversy related to disparaging comments she made last year about her colleague, Maria Taylor. Malika Andrews took over as sideline reporter from Rachel Nichols for the finals. The decision came two days after the New York Times published a leaked audio recording of Nichols suggesting the promotion of Taylor, who is black, was because ESPN was, quote, feeling pressure on diversity. Nichols had reportedly not been disciplined for her comments about Taylor, which date back to July 2020. She apologized on air for her comments and was taken off the sideline reporting gig for the NBA Finals. Quote, ESPN has a consistent history of undervaluing black talent. That from former ESPN anchor Jamel Hill, who told the Los Angeles Times, quote, this isn't a Rachel versus Maria story. This is a story about why ESPN didn't value Maria enough to allow her to take full ownership of the job. ESPN collects black fake collects black faces, but it seems like that when those black faces become black voices, it's a problem. Interesting. End quote. That's from Jamel what Hill. What a quote. Who um, got pretty political during her career at ESPN uh, and, and said a lot of things that upset a lot of people, but were her thoughts about Black Lives Matter, about Me Too, and ESPN didn't like that, and she was out. That's quite the quote. Like, think about that. You're right. They collect black faces, and when they become black voices, it's a problem problem. for ESPN. Wow. It's quite the quote. Interesting, eh? Very, very interesting. So we'll see how that turns out because, you know, Rachel Nichols uh, had to apologize. Um, She didn't think she was being recorded, but uh, you never assume. She thought she had turned off the Zoom call or whatever it was, but her audio was still available uh, on the server, the ESPN server. And as you know, Mike, uh, if something lives on the server, it can easily be um, um, dubbed off, uh, taken um, by anyone that has basic knowledge. Yep, agreed. And that's what happened. Whether that was someone who hated Rachel Nichols and wanted to get her back, or whether that was someone who was black or white or was a friend of Maria Taylor's, and then Maria Taylor leaked that and said she didn't leak it. Remember I told you on our last episode, she was offered $5 million a year from ESPN. She wanted $8 million a year. ESPN doesn't have the money anymore. And now 
she's basically saying, look, either you're with me or you're against me here. But this white woman said disparaging things about me, felt that I got the job because of my color, not because of my ability. What are you going to do about it? Wow. It's a lot there. Eh? There's a lot to digest there. We have to keep our eye on this one. Speaking of digest, before oh. we go. <laughs> I'm watching TSN the other night, last yeah. week, I guess. And one of the anchors, Lindsay Hamilton, yeah. is reading the highlight package of Joey Chestnut <clears throat> winning the on 4th of July, the Nathan's hot dog eating championship, which he's won every year since the year of the small potato. Right. Right? Yes. And she says, this is gross. Mm-hmm. And suggests that she might be throwing up in her mouth while she's doing these highlights, disgusting highlights of Joey Chestnut eating hot dogs. To which I say to myself, what the fuck is this? Like, you're running highlights of a guy eating 75 hot dogs? And your anchor is basically saying, this is disgusting. And why am I, why are we doing this? Or why do, why do I have to read this and make it seem like it's important, interesting, entertaining stuff? And I forget who the other anchor was. That sort of, a, oh, yeah, I guess oh, he is Joey Chestnut. And I thought, oh my God. This is this what it's coming to on the highlight package, right? Tonight, da 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 da. We got this. We got hockey. We got basketball. We got Ed. We've got the greatest of all time. So what do they do? They put up a graphic of Joey Chestnut versus all the other great athletes, the goats, right? Joey Chestnut championships versus Wayne Gretzky Stupid. championships versus you know LeBron James. Uh, all this nonsense, right? Comparing him with the greats in other sports. Stupid fucking disgusting if i may the worst part of it is your own anchor your own anchor is saying like this is sports not saying it in so many words but like this is gross this is disgusting this is perverted this is deranged this isn't sports no and someone's gonna say oh yeah at least they have they have the uh scripts spelling bee on on um tsn and they'll show highlights of that okay yeah. Also not a sport. It's not a sport. But You're not, right. But not gross. But it's not gross. Right. And to right. see an 11-year-old kid spell, um, you know, disestablishmentarianism is pretty cool. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. But it's not pretty cool to watch the same guy. If you were to tell me, Mike, if you were to say, you know those highlights that you saw of Joey Chestnut? That's from 2008. Yeah. Hezzy. It is. You're the a, same one. You're a sports media TV guy. I have a question for you. <clears throat> I just always assumed that was like... Uh, product placement like tsn does tsn receive any money from nathan's hot dogs to cover that doubt it. <clears throat> i doubt it okay i think it's part of it's probably part of tsn's deal with espn okay <clears throat> that they can scoop their programming and it's super run gross it at certain times. it's not especially a if you're going up against the stanley cup playoffs what are the, what are they running <clears throat> right so yes okay so super gross uh unhealthy as fuck and uh, not a sport at all, but I always assume that exists because Nathan is paying for it. Whatever that hot dog company is paying for it to exist. It's just big giant blob. I'm, yeah, sure, the, I'm sure ESPN makes a lot of money Nathan's on it. Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Stupid. Dumb. We don't need it to is. cover it here in Canada. They can just do that as a product placement on ESPN. Leave it there. Now, I don't, I don't mind the fact that on one of the 17 channels of TSN, that, that on one of them they're showing this. But to have the unmitigated audacity to incl- for a producer to say we're putting this in our highlight pack sports center tonight yeah 
of all the sports that are going on, you couldn't show uh, amateur girls lacrosse from Peterborough, Ontario. You couldn't show something else, <laughs> anything else, but an American hot dog eating champion. Yeah. Who's compared to Tom Brady, Wayne Gretzky. It's stupid. Oh, it's just And, and what does it mean? Like if you said I ate a hundred hot dogs or a thousand hot dogs or a million hot dogs, like whatever, like anything more than yeah. four is fucking gross. Really? TSN, <laughs> really? Whoever produced that show, you think that person was going to, oh, by the way, uh, an edict from, um, from the president, the, whoever produces the late sports center on Sunday, please include the Nathan's hot dog eating contest because Joey Chestnut is the goat. Fuck right off. <laughs> That's it for episode 240 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. Listen to his excellent podcast. He's got some great guests. He's the reason I don't have guests on this show. Mike gets all the good guests. Uh, also, thanks to our sponsors, CrosswindsGolf.com. Get out there. But 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 get your tea time in like early because it could be booked. Crosswinds is very busy because it's an outstanding golf course. CrosswindsGolf.com. Also, we're sponsored by Manscaped.com. Use the promo code HEBSY to get 20% off your order. Below the waist, above the neck, your balls will thank you, your nose, your ears, everything. Manscaped.com. 20% off if you use the promo code HEBSY. Help us out. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode next week. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.